0: Welcome to episode seven of Horror Dads. You're joined by your host John and
1: and Jamie. What's up, everybody?
0: James, what's up, buddy?
1: Hey, man. You know, just hanging out.
0: Another another quarantine episode.
1: Another day inside.
0: Yeah. Not together again. So uh, still working through the social distancing, being respectful of that, and it sucks uh, not seeing you. But we can we can still do this.
1: Yeah, we apologize for the poor sound quality with me being over the phone, but it is what it is.
0: It is what it is, but we've got a great episode. Been coughing
1: into my face.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've got a great episode uh, today. We actually are going to interview a very talented graphic designer and illustrator, Matt Pepler. Really great uh, that we got to sync up with him. And
1: the that theme... was awesome that we got to chat with him.
0: Yeah, so great. Just good dude, too, so... You and
1: I each have been buying his stuff for like five to six years, so...
0: Yeah, and we hit that too. really cool to
1: get the fanboy out with him a little bit.
0: Yeah, and uh, a little giveaway game we're going to do, we're going to post this on social, but to to try and inspire people to make sure they get their ass over to his online store at com. is we are going to do a social media raffle and we're gonna post something, and the first person to respond to that post is gonna get a free print compliments of us. And the third it'll person, be our first giveaway. Yeah, first giveaway. So the first and the third uh, people to respond to the post are gonna get a free print of your choosing. Um, and they're these nice little twelve by eighteen travel posters, and uh, you can pick it out from his store, and we'll ship it over to you, and it'll get you get you shopping, and hopefully others will do the same. Awesome. So, Jamie, the focus of this episode, we I think we did a good job of making sure that we stuck to to the theme on this one, which is great, and we really focus on horror location, Locations. yeah, setting, yeah, G- <laughs> setting, geography. Uh, so it was a I'm lot excited of fun about
1: this topic. Yeah,
0: we so we hit it a little in the episode, but any specific ones, you like your favorite horror settings of sorts that you uh that you feel like yeah, you, I mean, you want to touch on a uh, little
1: bit? I love the suburbs. Uh camps yeah. obviously cabins. Uh one of my favorites is malls. Shopping mall obviously Dawn uh of Night the of Dead. the Comet has that amazing mall. yeah, I mean. Um I like how I go right to like Night of the Comet. <laughs> I mean that's a great movie. Uh if you're I wearing ray so and, much.
0: uh, being a, a teenage prick, that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> just playing arcade games all day yeah. long. Um, university setting is always a favorite screen two. Yeah. urban legend. Oh, dude. I like some of my favorites are that setting.
0: Um, yeah. Like any, like a ritzy posh university looks like it's expensive <laughs> to go to.
1: Oh, urban legend. That looks like that's the most ridiculous college.
0: It's so great, the atmosphere of that.
1: Asylums are always fucking creepy, too. Yeah. Like session 9? Oh, God damn. That's
0: a great movie. Very underrated, I think. Session 9, that is. So I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you, especially on the suburb thing, and really anything associated with a suburb. Uh, so oftentimes that'll be things like schools, because most of the time people live in schools, or in suburbs for the schools, and... Uh, you know, we, we touch on our love of, of grocery store themed horror. Um, we just love them. I'm watching the fog right now. And this dude is in here sweeping in the beginning, drinking orange juice. Oh, that little shop. Yeah. It just like the guy in Friday the 13th there part too. three. Oh, love it. Get me there. I'll be, give me a store
1: and I'm going to work there.
0: <laughs> I'll be mopping that floor. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So I guess in, in that vein, what are you watching right now?
1: Well, this is not in that vein at all. Actually, actually I'm rewatching through uh, the Scream TV series. Oh, nice! Which is a favorite of yours and mine every year to hit up.
0: Yeah, I just wrapped up. So I just we talked about that last last episode, so you're you're jumping back in.
1: Yeah, I just dove in. I'm sitting there with my uh, with my iPad on the other day, just like doing something else, watching it. And my yeah. wife walks in, and she's like, uh, "What are you watching over there, bud?" Uh, scream she was like oh it sounded very cw
0: watching uh like,
1: vampire diaries jarring. or yeah. uh gilmore yeah, exactly. girls yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean once you once you get in there once the killing start i think it's a great show so
0: yeah Fa- obviously Just the real second quick season is favorite better, favorite character
1: it's got to be noah
0: yeah mine too he's great
1: you know the randy type dude like
0: Who's like? He has a lot else. of heart yeah. and
1: comedic value to it.
0: Yep. So I've been watching. Th- speaking of TV series, I've been watching through X Files again. Uh, yeah. I just recently watched The Fly again. I forgot how much I love.
1: Oh, that Stars app! I just yeah. watched that recently as well. That movie's gross. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. The body horror in that. Yeah. Classic Cronenberg. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's great. I love the movie and I love Jeff Goldblum, but oof. Well,
1: he Um, kills it in that movie, man. I hadn't seen it in so long, so yeah, first time I saw it. I don't know. He's just a
0: great actor, and they really the 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 boyfriend character, um, the like hero douche with the beard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That guy's so hateable, and and you really feel for and like the Jeff Goldblum character. It's just, it's great. Uh, But I've hit Salem's Lot. I bought that steelbook recently. Oh, yeah. The original When a Stranger Calls. I posted on Instagram about that. Um, So, that's what I've been hitting up. Well, So, you had a little family antic about my sister walking in on you watching uh, CW Mm. porn or whatever. Um, I have a pretty funny one that occurred this past Saturday (laughs) where... I walked into the bathroom and my wife was like cleaning the sink or something. And uh, she said, Hey, you want to check this out? And she reached under the sink and pulled out what looked like a very top secret envelope from a Russian spy. Okay. And I was very enamored as you'd imagine on what the fuck it could be. As
1: and, I am as well.
0: Yeah. So she pulled, she pulls out this bag and she said, I'm going to put on a mask and I was like, oh, I like horror movies and masks. So it's this, like, facial cleansing mask. And she pulls it out of the bag, and it legitimately looked like a piece of human skin was bundled up and Ugh. folded into a bag. So she drapes it on her face. She looks just like Leatherface and Dwight Schrute from that episode of The, <laughs> the Office.
1: <laughs> like Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Yes. This is run by Fruity. <laughs> So she smeared, she put, she like puts this thing on her face, walks out and you know, as I'm going to be 33 in a couple of weeks. I was pretty, uh, scared by the way this looked. So you can imagine how the two year old responded. So Luna <laughs> like went batshit, just crying hysterically. She was running around. She kept running up to me, hugging me saying M- mommy, mommy's scary, mommy's scary" the all morning. And then Brittany took it off immediately. Cause she, the response was what it was. And, uh, it just, it went on for the day, and it was pretty pretty <laughs> enjoyable.
1: She was probably embarrassed.
0: Yeah. All right, let's jump. So given that we interview a designer on this episode, and it's such a critical point of our show, we always talk about horror merch that we like, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention a few of our favorites, even though we do kind of on, on the rig, but just a couple quick call outs. Matt Pepler, obviously for me,
1: of graphic designers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Graphic designers. We really like, so Matt Pepler, obviously a huge one. Um, Matt Tobin too. Uh, a lot might not know him. He, he doesn't do as much, you know, stuff that every uh, average human being buys, but he is a wonderful fucking artist. Both graphically and musically.
1: Um I love his shit.
0: Yeah, just that yeah, I honestly feel like that dude is my spirit animal in life. He's just his interests are mine and all of his artwork's great. So if you haven't checked out his stuff, definitely check it out. Um and then Ghoulish Gary Pullen, Uh he he does tons of artwork for all all different walks of, of stuff and does a lot of the waxwork records and also has prints and t-shirts so he's great and then if we didn't mention him Aaron Crawford from Cavity Colors (laughs) is the reason that we live (laughs) so um, huge inspiration for us but Jamie you got anyone I I missed
1: I mean mine would pretty much be all the same Um, if I had to add one it would be Austin Pardon for sure
0: that guy is great.
1: love everything he puts out. Every time I see something, it's something that I want to tattoo onto my body. Um,
0: You'd have so like the you know, most he's got orange that and... Feel. Orange, like, muted orange and like yellow and green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the best way I can describe his artwork is, like, autumn. You know? Just, like, an autumn in the 70s or something.
0: Such a great feel to everything he does. So, if you've not... Checked him out. Austin Pardon, Great stuff.
1: Yeah, if you love Halloween and haven't, if you don't follow him on Instagram, get on it.
0: <laughs> what are you wearing right now?
1: Oh, I have Let's Get Spooky.
0: You got the, L- the LGS. Project. The OG on, huh? No, not... Oh, no, you well, have the purple variant, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have the OG. I had that one on uh, earlier when I was Where digging a, oh. a bush out of my front yard, but... I actually have on a local artist, so it's not a horror-specific theme, and I wouldn't say this dude's a horror designer, but he definitely does dark stuff, and he's really great, and he's local to Youngstown, uh, but uh, his name is David Slobodnik, I believe, and he does a lot of prints and uh, t-shirt designs and stuff, and he actually does a lot of stuff for one of our favorite breweries uh, locally, uh, Noble Creature. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah. He, he's He's really... Very talented illustrator. So, um, got one of his designs on.
1: I'm drinking one of their beers right now, the Doubles.
0: Oh, dude! I went and uh, picked up a a stack of uh, beers a beers, couple last Friday, Friday four last. Yeah. So yeah,
1: they've been canning all that shit up. So it's yeah, good.
0: yeah, it's good. So so I
1: had a good fun idea to do with the themes with the settings. I thought maybe we could do like uh, pick a killer, pick a scene. So, like, uh, a lot of people say they wish they could see, like, Jason Voorhees in the snow. Okay. Do you have something you'd like to see? A mm. mashup?
0: So, okay. Halloween H2O is one of my, my faves, right? Mm-hmm. So, if I could have Michael Myers at the campus in Urban Legend, I would be very pleased by what would outcome
1: Michael Myers on campus yeah yeah because
0: like you know it's kind of the prep school vibe in h2o so I'd like I'd like to get him to call to college I like it what about you man
1: he comes on some sort of like student assistance program <laughs> yeah <laughs> a criminal <laughs> just, uh reformation program. Keep his attitude under control <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like snapping pencils in class and causing a <laughs> fucking ruckus.
1: <laughs> but he gets like an, he's like the best student in the, uh, mask making class.
0: Yeah. You have um, a, I, a mashup?
1: Yeah. I was thinking, um, I guess ours are pretty generic really next time. Maybe we should do this again and put more thought into it. But I was just thinking like, uh, Jason Voorhees in a mall, like essentially like fast times at Ridgemont high with Jason Voorhees <laughs> in the mix. <laughs>
0: just hanging out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would love that. Well, you like, know oh, what? God. Realistically, so. More cheese fries.
0: Well, speaking of, speaking of setting and place and you know, just horror geography. I do find myself gazing at movies sometimes and wondering like, "Oh, I would love this so much if it were a horror film, but and it's typically because it takes place in just a time that I love, so...
1: Yeah, no, we have to do an uh, episode based on movies that should have been or could have been horror films, for sure. Yeah. We've got
0: a lot of great content coming up, so... Oh, yeah. All right, before we jump into the interview with Matt, last thing, what have you been buying recently?
1: So, you and I both uh, were a little bit tipsy the other night. Just we, chat on the phone. We were drinking too much. Yeah, we just started chatting... Two girls Um, chatting, you know. Girls chatting. (laughs) Horror babes. Um, So, (laughs) we each bought a couple movies. I think I just bought one. You bought like five. I got three. Um,
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what they
1: are. But I bought, sticking with my grimy city theme, I bought Maniac Cop on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. pumped about it from Synapse Films, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, they've got a pretty mondo sale on... um, Scream Factory right now, so I took advantage of that. I snagged uh, the recent release of April Fool's Day. Everyone's been talking about. Oh, nice, Jamie. Yeah. You have it, uh, and I have watched it a bunch of times. I think it's on Stars right now. And I also did grabbed... you get it
1: yet? Did it come in the mail today?
0: It did not. No, I actually was waiting outside, like my feet hanging. Have you
1: over. ordered yours from Scream Factory directly, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did Amazon, probably the shittier way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean but I have my movie right now, and you do not.
0: Well, I have the Fog. I've only seen it nine hundred and six times, so. Uh, <laughs> I also bought the Burbs. The, oh, uh, nice. That it's like my seventh copy of the movie, so Brittany's going to be pumped. You? Um, I mean, they were really inexpensive, c- comparatively speaking, you know.
1: The burbs so. is probably the cheapest, right? Like fifteen bucks.
0: Yeah, m- maybe. I don't know. Gotta gotta look at the invoice. <laughs> invoice. Um, so grabbed April Fool's Day of the burbs, and then the final one I got was the burning, which I I oh. I know I don't have it, and I, I can't
1: believe you don't own
0: it. The reason I don't own it is because I'd be at your house probably tonight, fucking watching it. Because you have it yeah. and that's one it's of our yeah. entry to summer horror films, of course. Um, oh, we would always
1: watch that like right about like this past weekend.
0: Yeah. It was like yeah. sixty five and sunny on Saturday, that would have been the day. Right when you bought it.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: We would have grilled and played catch in the backyard.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Made it look All like right, so we were doing work. Yeah. The Burbs. Burbs, April Fool's Day, the burning
1: dude that's a great great haul there and, and i got mini a cup. any other merch you've been picking up
0: got a divorce when my wife sees
1: all the blu-rays <laughs> arrived. Yeah. 70 bucks on blu-rays
0: it wasn't that much um that's it man i think i think we're ready to jump i got Wait, I'm sorry. Well,
1: real quick, I got a little Easter haul. My wife loves to buy oh, shit, gifts man. and presents for every holiday. Any fucking holiday. holiday.
0: Oh, hey, it's uh, North Star Day. I got you uh, <laughs> your favorite <laughs> right. Cosmo t shirt. Yeah.
1: So she got me an Easter basket with, I had like the Fright Rags Halloween 3 socks. Um, and the, the sock thing, like, that's my first pair of. Core themed socks because I just it's the one thing that I have chosen not to waste my money on collecting that in VHSs. Yeah. Because I feel like once you get going, like, and the socks are a little bit like 12, 12 bucks for a pair of socks. I don't yeah. know about that. But, now but you anyways, got them. And I got now those you socks. Them. I love them. I love them. Uh, not, not not to talk shit all over the sock industry, but um, and then also I got the Halloween H two O pocket tee. Tucked away in my Easter basket oh, and Cavity Colors, of course. Great one. I love those pocket tees. They're just so simple and
0: clean and great they, little fit, design. they fit well.
1: Yeah, they do. And then uh, we both have the, yeah, I know what you did last summer one. Oh, dude. Right? With the hook?
0: Had that on yesterday. Sure do.
1: Yeah. So that's what I've been buying. And you know I'm about to drop some. I'm about to buy at least three or four of those Matt Pepler uh, posters.
0: Yeah, we hope you all do. And that's a good segue. So let's jump in. Here we go. You're gonna love this. Okay, welcome to episode seven of Horror Dads. Uh, Today is a very, very exciting episode. We're going to cover... So excited. uh, Yeah. Oh, shit. It's going to be great. So we're going to cover the idea of setting and geography and location in the realm of horror, and we are joined by a very, very special guest that was kind enough to reach out to us, Matt Pepler. He's a graphic designer, illustrator, artist. Matt, Welcome. Thanks uh, for having up, buddy?
1: me. Hi,
0: thank you for joining us, man. Like, I,
1: we are so excited to have you, man. thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. We're gonna. Fan- I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you. We're gonna fanboy out a little bit because uh, I think a couple times in in talking to a friend aside from this, um, he he reached out and said, "Hey, you know what's what's coming up next? What are you guys going to cover?" And I said, "Oh, we're going to actually interview a a a, a graphic designer because it's such a, a a large portion of our show and we're really excited blah 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 and he goes oh is it going to be matt pepper and i was like who he's like matt pepper and i was like no matt pepler he's like yeah you guys talk about him all the time so it was it was funny uh but glad to see your well, alive. that's awesome to hear that's yeah. awesome to hear so we we can cover a little bit like i guess our relationship with your work and then the recent resurgence and how this came to be but um jamie uh, how long have we been fans buddy
1: oh dude a- at least what um five years five wow. six years yeah been like, i got that, for i got my head print which i've talked about this print too many times i think but it's probably one of my i have a lot of horror prints this is easily in my top two wow and thanks that's it's like, like really awesome like it's i really the appreciate one print. It. It's the one print that my wife lets me keep up, like it's it's Haddonfield, <laughs> so it's clearly very autumn and uh, horror, but she lets me keep it up year round. Yeah, it's um, awesome. so, helpful
0: oh, that the 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 content is very kid friendly, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's one of those that's... prints that's not offensive to my children, so right. they're not going to be scared when they see it.
2: Yeah, it, I mean that's like part of a lot of the stuff I design is um, having it like be able to hide out in the or hide in the open. So to speak, you know, like if you know what it's about, what it's referencing, um, it's like a you, you like you're in on it um, almost kind of like a joke, but not really. But then uh, um, but if you know or if you don't know what the content is relating to the artwork, it just seems like it's a nice travel poster, some nice scenery. So, yeah, I mean, that's intentional.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, like well, your, it like your out, Amity man. island poster is like somebody might just think that's a cool like tourist spot. Exactly. You
2: know?
0: Yep. And every time you look at it on the wall too, you're like, it's, it's like a, it's an old friend or a comfortable shirt. And you're like, yeah, no, I know what that is. And that's all that fucking matters. Cause I love this. Yeah. We're going to cover a lot of great stuff uh, tonight. We're going to plug a lot of your work. We're going to talk about a lot of your inspirations and whatnot, but just a quick overview of the format of the episodes. We, we sort of mutually between the three of us decided to land upon the idea of setting and location and geography and horror so if you think of the, um, I guess like five essential concepts of of storytelling and story generation, you have, you know, characters, you have plot, you have conflict, you have resolution, but setting is such a key component. So we're gonna focus oh, on that. Those it important is. parts. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's it, it's gonna be fun, and we're gonna talk about uh three of your 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 favorite inspirations, and and Jamie and I will weigh in on those films as well. Um
1: yeah, with our guests we always do a top three favorite movies related to the topic, so of course we'll do that a little bit later.
0: I was I was sketching out a couple ideas behind just like classic horror tropes or like horror settings. So I just I I jotted down a few. I had cabins, I had dorms. (laughs) Jamie, for you and I had I had (laughs) grocery stores because we fucking love movies that take place Mm. in grocery stores. (laughs) 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 Do you guys have any that come top of mind?
1: We're we're <laughs> so
2: creepy with that. Oh, um, well, I mean, like spaceships.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. You know,
2: like yeah. it's just the isolation of being uh, where where nothing's close. There's nothing that can save you out yeah. there. You know, yep. other than your own wits You know, and how clever you are. You know, yeah. that's that's one of them. I
0: I also had like a, a cemeteries written down to and just old houses yeah, or decrepit yeah. things like the beginning of prom night, that environment where mm-hmm. they're in that abandoned building and they're all dicking around. I just, I remember yeah. that kind of thing <sighs> as a kid.
1: I've been really, I don't know why, but for some reason I've been really into like eighties, New York city sleaze as of late. So like what, maniac like or uh, like, uh, no? not that like movie ish. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I mean, okay. but like, uh, like, Maniac, I just watched a movie called Fear City the other day. I don't think uh, I've heard of that one. With Tom Bergeron, the I, I dude from, like, either. Major League. The catcher really? from Major League, you know what I'm okay. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: does Chud, does Chud <laughs> fit that mold for you, Jamie?
1: Chud absolutely fits that yeah. mold, dude. Uh, like, cue the Wing serpent. You know I love that fucking movie. Um, so, yes, just shit do. like that I've been really into for I don't know why, but recently it's like, just give me all the 80s sleeves you can give me. There's something
2: about like 80s horror, though. Like, I I don't know, man. I always love that era of horror movies Mm. more than anything else. Or like that in like late 70s.
1: So.
2: Yeah, and I really feel like. Yeah, I agree. Like
1: late 70s and then the like mid 80s are probably top tier. But 90s, Ugh, God, do I love those 90s?
0: It's it's weird, though, because I feel like now so few movies horror films like current ones y- you see so often the idea of throwback like the idea of stranger things being a throwback and the idea of you know house of the devil which is one of my favorite favorite films over the past yeah, yeah. You know, 10 15 years and they're all throwbacks to different you know former times and mm-hmm. it's almost like, all right, we're not confident in representing the now and the today. Like we want to go back to the setting of a prior time. I, I just feel like the idea, like in the 70s and 80s, late 70s, 80s, early 80s, mid 80s, there was that that was not a priority. It was like, no, no, we're going to focus on the here and the now. Because the here, and here and now. Yeah. Great. yeah. So that's that's interesting.
1: Well, yeah, I mean,
2: I guess. I don't understand exactly why there's like throwbacks all the time, only for that. It like hits nostalgia for so many people because like a certain era is recognized as being significant. Um, So I don't know, like could stranger things be the story that was told, be told uh, present in the, like a present timeline, maybe, But I mean, you would have to definitely add a social media aspect
1: to the shenanigans that are happening in Hawkins. So, yeah, um, I wonder. I don't think it would. I don't think it would be nearly as successful. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think it hit the exact right chord for everybody at the right time, like nostalgia wise, and because you can absolutely overdo the nostalgia, where it's like, I've heard people bitch about the um, Halloween twenty eighteen, how it's like. The, the references to previous films and the throwbacks are a little bit too obvious um and I, I feel like they're obvious in stranger things but i feel like everybody loves those and finds them endearing whereas like right. with halloween 2018 people find them like almost like offensive, offensive yeah. and yeah. like too obvious <laughs> yeah. yeah really yeah man
2: i've heard I that for sure that that well, i mean it's a cho- the the I did well. is a choose your own adventure at this point you know yeah. oh definitely uh, dude, def- that's a great but, way to describe um, it I uh I really like that that one a lot. Um there were issues that I had with it, but not any oh, of worse course, yeah. than what was in other Halloween movies, you know, uh by I mean by a long shot. But yeah, I I that's surprising. I didn't hear that I mean I've heard negative feedback from the movie, but I didn't hear like that. And that's interesting to me. But I mean I really enjoyed it. So I guess to to each their own. <laughs> yeah, I'm, glad, yeah, for I'm sure. glad it happened. I'm worried about the sequels, though. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, I, we'll to see. be we're honest, I'm see. just what so happens? excited
1: that we're having... I'm just so excited to have them. You know, it's
2: like...
1: Yeah. And and, and in, like, in 10 years, we're going to watch them, like, endearingly. And we'll have that nostalgia when we watch them. But it's just as is, like, human nature. When something comes out that's new, we just pick the shit out of it, dude. You know?
0: All right, so we'll, we'll jump into some very movie-specific stuff as we, as we evolve through this conversation. But, Matt, we want to get to you, we want to get to your work, and we want to make sure you have the opportunity to plug your stuff. Matt, I guess, you know, when, when did you start to sort of get into horror? Like, what was your gateway into
2: things, and at what age? I, I mean, I was very young. Uh, probably, for, you know, most parents that would be listening to this, very way too young. Uh, But I don't remember the first horror movie I saw, but I remember seeing Alien uh, when I was about seven years old. Uh, Very young. Um, My dad was not the kind of dad that was like, hey, we're going to watch Lion King or whatever, whatever Disney movies out. He was like, oh, you want to watch a movie with me? Well, we're going to watch what I want to watch. So, you know, that's that uh so it was movies like that Alien, Blade Runner, uh Predator, the Die Hard movies at the time. Um all that stuff was my childhood. So I don't have nostalgia for movies that I saw. I mean, there's a, some of them in there like Neverending Story, Flight of the Navigator, Goonies, things like that, but most of them was like very adult material that now having nieces that are the age that I would have seen those movies, there's no way that I would introduce them to those movies. You're yeah. yeah. like, no, not at all. Yeah, you're, you're not watching Alien. You're not watching The Thing. No. <laughs> uh, so it was a very different childhood. So, But I also so... wasn't... Like
0: What's that? it seems though like you had introduction to not only elements of horror but also so you know, never ending story, Jamie. I know that's one a biggie for you. That's oh, that's yeah. fantasy, you know, and and the sci-fi elements of, of you know, you you mentioned Alien and the Thing. There's certainly a deep sci-fi element there, and I I think the relationship between sci fi and, and horror and fantasy and a lot of what you do and as well as a lot of what we're going to discuss tonight like that's a that's a very real uh intense relationship for sure
1: and, and that's a that's a side of horror you know like that's kind of what got me into horror was kind of that dark side of those fantasy films you know so I, oh yeah there's certainly a correlation between horror and fantasy mm-hmm.
0: so let me ask this do, do you feel the connection between horror and fantasy is stronger or horror and sci-fi is stronger?
2: Uh, I, I would go with horror and science fiction. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah. I, I, do, I feel that too. Yeah.
0: So let's jump to a couple of others. So we're going to talk about three specific films that you chose uh, in a little bit here. But before we get to those... As it relates to the idea of place and setting and geography and location, what what other horror films have inspired you and your work? I guess some honorable mentions that we are not going to talk about later.
2: Oh, I mean, it's a lot of the typical stuff, like the Sam uh, Raimi movies, Evil Dead 1 and 2, and Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness was later, though. I mean, I remember seeing... um, Uh, Evil Dead 2 first, Um, I don't remember what age I was at, but that was influential because it was the first time that like up until that point, like to me, like horror was very serious, you know, Uh, like the consequences were very uh, they were great. And like, you know, like if you didn't get out of this mess, you weren't going to get anywhere, you know, but then Evil Dead was hilarious
1: yeah, it was very like too. And I was
2: self-reflective what? and like, a joke of me. itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. I didn't realize up until then that it, horror could also be extremely hysterical. Um, I, feel, I
0: feel like Scream kind of did that in the '90s as well. Like it made it made made it to a point where it it was almost meta and upon itself, and there were dynamics other than just like, okay, hey, this is very serious. It it introduces an element of like social. Context, yeah, for sure.
2: And then, um, like the John Carpenter movies, you know, the thing, Halloween, In the Mouth of Madness, uh, those movies. um, The um, I liked a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like I saw Serpent and the Rainbow when I was really young too. That was a complex movie. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember really enjoying that one. So, I mean, it was it was yeah, a lot a of these one. movies. I mean, most of these movies I had seen, unless they came out later before I was like at the age of 10, you know, so like the, it was this it's like I saw a few of them and then like it was all I watched. It was ev- like everything that I rented or wanted to see
1: um, was uh all horror, horror really, Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's like once you scrape the surface, you just want to keep going.
2: Yeah, and so those things, yeah. like, still influence me because it's... I mean, a lot of it's, like, a visual thing, like visual cues. A lot of the artwork um, is, like, vintage and retro, and that kind of, like, fits into those specific types of movies. Although I have noticed a change recently in, like, color combinations that I'm using that aren't rarely vintage and retro anymore they're very like high contrast and very vibrant colors so i don't know if that's a change internally <laughs> but that's what's happening so it's interesting, it's interesting to notice that stuff because um, it's not intentional i'm just it seems like a natural progression so yeah
1: i love that one it's like just an organic output were you inspired by any uh particular graphic artist or graphic designers
2: It's weird. Um, Even to this day, like I don't look at other people's artwork um, because for me, it actually
1: doesn't sound weird. I I totally get that.
2: And it's not a, it's not a um, egotistical thing. It's that I'm a sponge, right? So anything that any information or any narrative that you put in front of me, my brain's already going to start like, Uh, Figuring something out, like automatically, you know, so if I watch a movie or watch a new show, even if I don't think or even if I don't do artwork based on it, chances are I already have like a composition or how I would lay something out in my head. So if I look at other people's artwork, specifically as like a horror artist or like graphic design, it seeps in. And it's not my own. There's a weird disconnect that happens with it, and it doesn't feel genuine. It's like an uncanny valley. Uh, so I don't look at other people's artwork. But I can say that there's artists that I do uh, do appreciate, like um, uh, Andy Warhol is one of them, uh, and then another artist who's called Hokusai, and a lot of people don't realize that they know who that person is, but he is the uh, wood, Japanese woodblock artist who did the great wave uh, with the boat um, and then the huge Japanese wave coming up over it. That's Hokusai. Uh, and a lot of his artwork uh, I have prints of. And I also visited his uh, there's a city in Japan called Obuse Uh, And I was able to visit that. That's where he came from. And there's a large museum of all of his work there. Do you
0: then, I think we probably know the answer to this question, but is there any specific horror merchandise like any given day, if you've not seen us in person, if you walk through your local grocery store and you're like, all right, I have to pick one of the two dudes from horror dads out from everyone I just walked past you would be able to decide which one was Jamie and which one was me. Cause we're probably wearing something horror related and have horror right. tattoos. But is, is there a specific like line of horror merch that you collect personally? And I mean, that could be Blu-rays. It could be uh, oh, okay. posters. It could be,
2: yeah. yeah. Is there um, anything that it's, yeah, your personal it's not, thing? well, it's, it's all alien, whatever it is. Uh, okay. So, from like, I have a a couple of alien shirts, but a lot of it is like the Neca uh, yeah. figure series. I have yeah, their figures are so probably weird. sixty or seventy of the alien series, um, and then a few of the Predator ones. But I mean, also like the reaction toys, the um, oh uh, Neca has like a, uh, a I guess uh, subsidiary that makes like the vehicles, so I have like a lot of the uh like the Nostromo, the Sulaku uh those things. so it's like very strictly alien things um i have a uh, in my apart- or in my house uh, it's a uh, i have like a fairly long wall that's just all alien screen print posters that i found over the years of like doing shows and conventions or whatever that i've bought from other artists so it's probably about 30 or so posters
1: matt could you walk us through a little bit like from the moment you decide to do a design or if you're watching a movie and you say like i want to do a design for this movie like what's that process like like from the beginning to like it's in my hand it's on my wall and i won't shut the fuck up about my hand filled poster
2: sometimes it's it comes in like a lightning bolt um i'll see something or watch something and the idea comes very quickly um i don't i'm a little unorthodox with how i create and a lot of my actually one of my andrew heath we were talking about like our creative process this week actually and i um he like most illustrators or graphic designers will sketch out what they're going to do, like a little thumbnail, like, this composition's going to look like this. And that's what most most of the people in my profession do. I don't do that. I actually write out in a paragraph what the composition would look like. I don't sketch anything. Um, so it's like certain I would like describe where certain elements are going to be or like the general flow and composition and focal points and where I want people's eye to move around and like colors and things like that. Uh, um, This is very like strange. And I know that's weird. (laughs) Like that's not what normal. That's great. Do Yeah. yeah.
0: They,
2: they do sketches. I don't do sketches. Um, And it's like when I'm creating something, sometimes like the idea becomes problematic um, and then it's, it becomes a bit frustrating because the image that I had, even though I didn't write it down, the image that I had in my head isn't translating well, uh, on like inside the design, you know, it's just not working right. So then there's a lot of like back and forth and almost like cutting yeah. up the artwork, so to speak, you know, like ripping things that I had designed or elements that I'd made and taking them out completely or redrawing them or, um, until I get it right. So, but like other ideas, like I said, uh, they come in very quickly. You know, uh, I did a a shining poster that's a very simple idea and it's just the carpet with the twins and the upper octagon of the carpet. It's a great design. It's a really simple idea. I love that design, yeah. Oh, thanks. That actually came to me. I was about to go to bed. It was like 2.30 in the morning, and I wasn't watching The Shining. I didn't have... Uh, I wasn't thinking about creating a Shining piece, but suddenly I'm like, yeah, that would be a really good poster. And like, then I spent the next like two hours, two or three hours like designing it, and then went to bed at five in the morning. You know, it's like <laughs> this real random, like, and sometimes I like set just out to do something. It happens like it happens. Yeah. Like, right. Like, well, I want to do this specific thing, right? Like, um, do you, some stuff that i uh,
0: do you feel like you noodle on stuff? Like, uh, so I'm a musician, and a lot of times I'll record something musically, and then I'll just, beat the hell out of it and re-record and overthink and spend more time than I should on it and a lot of times I reach a point where I'm like all right I should just let it be like it's it's good where it is do you feel like you do that or do you kind of uh rip out an iteration and say like yeah no that's good that's it that's what I meant to do and we're there
2: No yeah it's uh the former uh I um I don't I very rarely leave something uh, alone, right? Like if I start designing a poster or just a design, maybe it's a t-shirt design or something. I don't stop working on it until I've exhausted everything about it or and if it still doesn't meet like my what I feel like it should be, there's either I can continue it. Or just delete the whole file, and be like, oh, yeah. "Well, that was uh, that was a wash." Good <laughs> like, pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happened recently. Like, I was working on a, a Kong Skull Island poster, and um, I was getting, I was like, pretty far into it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is turning out really well. I really like the composition." And but it, like, there just needed some added element. And so then I was like looking online and I was like, wow, I just remade the entire movie poster (laughs) like it looked. I mean, that wasn't my intention. And I didn't look up like the movie poster, but it was probably like deep down in my subconscious
1: and it was like
2: and I it was like the same exact colors, the fades, like where the islands were placed. I was like, all right. We're deleting this, this is I'm not putting this one out because then it's like people are gonna be like, even though it was pretty I can say it was a parallel idea to an audience, it would be like he ripped it off, yeah, you know, and it's like, I don't want to do that, so that was like twenty hours <laughs> like down the drain, but I was like, I hey, whatever so in that, <laughs> in that
0: same interest, all right, so this is a fun question if you. If you were privately commissioned by, let's say, uh, whatever major production company, and they said, look, we're doing the 20th, the 30th, the 40th anniversary of this film, special release on Blu-ray, and we want to privately commission you to do the artwork for the cover of it, what is the movie? Yeah,
2: like Scream Factory or something. Yeah.
0: What movie would I would say it would, would have to be The
2: Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that is my favorite movie of all time. Is it um, really? Yeah. Like it's um, I think it's mine I mean, as I, well.
0: I've... So we're, we're going to jump into your your three most inspirational films in the in the vein of this idea of setting. But bef- before we do that, we just want to give you an opportunity to kind of like plug your stuff. So where can people find your work uh, of the work that you have? what are you what are you happiest with what are you most confident with like what if i'm a if i'm a new purchaser where where are you directing me what do i buy uh, that kind of thing
2: oh that's a tough question to take i mean i could say like well you, i mean you could buy all the uh, buy all my artwork on my website which is mpepler.com. but as far as like what i'm I'm most proud of it's always a difficult question to answer because or what I like the most is because I'm always trying to evolve and get better at what I'm doing. So, um, I mean, I always think like my best work is the stuff that I've most recently made, you know, because the I don't it's very, very rarely that I go back and try to redo something and update it. You know, so it's like there's posters that I'm extremely proud of, like the Haddonfield one. Amity Island, Camp Crystal Lake. Um, For many reasons, I'm very proud of those. Like, that got me, those three posters in particular, like, made a career for me. Uh, But um, as far as, like, would I make the same choices looking like what I do now compared to making those then? I don't think I would make the same choices. But, like, that stuff was, I mean, like before, hadn't before I made the Haddonfield one, I had like sixty followers on Instagram, and I had been on there for like six months, and then like I was like uh, I made this, you know, like I, I'm pretty awkward about posting, anyways. Like I spend <laughs> like what's a good sentence? Like I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I made this thing. <laughs> Enjoy it, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, please buy. And, uh, it's good. Yeah. But people ended up like screen capping it and sharing it and then like tagging me in it so like people could like follow me back and it was like within a week I had gained like a massive
1: amount of followers and it was like holy crap. You that's know, it that's
2: goes, really man. significant.
1: Yeah. We're gonna jump into the three movies, but before we do that I just wanted to know if you had any uh good stories about the convention circuit. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's actually at it my first show. The first show that I ever did was a Walker Stalker con in Chicago. It's like it's like March of. Uh, did you did you meet J. Bon and Singer oh. there by chance? The
0: dude that wrote the Walking Dead novels because we we had him on here and he I, he talked about. I might have. Yeah,
2: you probably uh, did. Um, but like, okay, all right. So I get there and I'm I'm not very good and like impromptu like social stuff right so i'm like stressing out about um like doing a show just because there's like a ton of people around it's not that i'm anti-social it's just i get nervous and i get like a little awkward and i naturally fixate on things right like that's kind of like what my career is about right (laughs) like i have to fixate stuff on stuff all the time try to have control over something and it's like You know, now, um, you know, in Chicago, which is, you know, four and a half hour drive, (laughs) like not don't know the area, you know, just like so many things that are just adding to my normal stress area or stress level. So I have like all my stuff finally set up. So this is like Friday afternoon. The show is not going to open up until like another couple hours. And so I'm I'm there and like looking at my table make sure I have everything make sure I have like my cash bank <laughs> things like that like whatever <laughs> and I look up and I see this guy like looking at me and like walking towards me and I think so, in my head like that looks like Greg Nicotero like I, I've i known who Greg Nicotero was because I had like read books and magazines and Fangoria and that he's responsible for a lot of stuff you know as far as, like, special effects go. And he gets closer, and he, like, he's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, and for the first time, like, this is so stupid. Uh, You know how, like, you think of something to say in your brain before you actually say it, right? Like, you're thinking and then saying it. It's, like, very quickly, but that's usually what happens. So I'm, but that's, I say in my head, holy shit, you're Greg Nicotero, but that's not what happened. That's just like what I said. And he looks at me like I'm an idiot, right? Like, (laughs) like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And he, we end up like talking for like about 20 minutes. And I'm just like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden behind him are like the rest of K and BFX, like everyone else involved in K and BFX. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, and so then, like, it was like, I don't even remember what we talked about, to be honest with you, because it was just like, OK, well, it was nice meeting you. I'm like, hi. Yeah, it was very nice meeting you, too. And I'm just like, I hope I didn't sound like an idiot. You know, like, I really don't remember what we talked about. the first. And then Sunday it was like the end of the show. I don't know. It's getting closer to when it would close. And he comes back up and he's like, hey, man, I really like your artwork. Uh, And he ends up purchasing like the Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead posters that I had at the time. And then it's like, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy to me where it's like the first show. It's like he's a childhood hero. You know, like I knew who he was, you know, before like the Internet was around, before you could actually like Google who these people were. And then um, I get a, a message through instagram from greg nicotero it's like i've got them hung up in my office i love these like jesus christ (laughs) so apparently i wasn't that big of an idiot he bought my artwork and then was nice enough to send me a photo of them hung up so apparently i did okay so let's let's go ahead and and hit your your
0: top three here uh let's get into it and we are going to go chronologically and we're going to start with one of the more famous famous horror films of all time, which we've already mentioned, which is Halloween 1978, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, so... This film was written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, my boy Donnie Pleasance, uh, also in an episode of Columbo that I just watched this week with my wife. D- do you guys know how much this movie cost uh, to produce?
2: Oh, I, I may be way off, but I thought it was like 300000
0: yeah, no, you're right. You're right on, man. It was like three hundred and twenty, three twenty-five, depending on the report. But
1: nice job, Matt.
0: Yeah, and that that excess, it was either twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand or something, went to Donald Pleasant, So he was like ten percent of the budget. Um, wow. Yeah, he was like the 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 thing. He right? was the
1: big name. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: We always like to give a quick synopsis of the films that we're covering. Uh, If you've not seen this film and you're listening to this and you've listened this far into this episode, what the fuck? Thanks
1: for listening. Yeah. However, why?
0: (laughs) Michael Myers (laughs) returns to Haddonfield, and Haddonfield will be the topic of our conversation uh, as it relates to this film. But uh, he's in search of what you later find to be his sister, uh, and he's killing some people off. This was one of the iconic uh entries to the slasher world there's some conversation behind some films that happened prior like texas chainsaw uh that might have been the original slasher however this is most certainly one of the most iconic films of all time in this genre so um matt what about haddonfield uh gives you comfort deep deep down because i've got a lot of things to say
2: and i'm sure jamie does too well, honestly, it feels like that's the same town that I grew up in. It's yeah. I grew up in this small suburb of Lansing called Grand Ledge, and it's like it looks the same, even though it's not. I mean, it's I think it's wasn't it filmed outside of like Pasadena or something like that? Yeah, it's yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think it was filmed in anywhere near the Midwest. Um, but that's no, definitely that's why. What it feels
1: there's like. no like. That's why it's all like, green.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: the the you read shit about they had to bring in like pounds and pounds of of leaves to to blow across the, right.
2: the pans it's and very green yeah. when it opens right like when the movie's opening before like everything starts to go to where everything just becomes chaos right and it's so fascinating that it's like that's the perfect visualization of fall where it's like i don't know any city or town in the midwest in on october that has green leaves yeah. there might right, be leaves yeah. on the trees but it, it would probably be orange if they're still on the trees by that year sure. yep
0: <laughs> literally like any town midwest usa the the hardware store the school when, when they're walking out of the school and walking home it just that's such a Natural feeling, like oh yeah, I have been there. I have been in that scene. I've been in that moment, and uh, just the the yards and the houses and the in the bush, like the the scenery of of suburbia is such a, and the fact that it was filmed in California and is supposed to be representing this like Midwest uh, Illinois town, and you kind of still knowing what you know out of life, and knowing what you've known from all the films you've seen. Look at it and say, like, no, I believe this. I buy that. It's it's
2: amazing. Well, and I think that's why so many people thought it was scary. Is because everyone who made the movie popular was could easily insert themselves into it, right? Like that could happen in your where you were growing up at the time or where you lived at the time because it looks so familiar. Yeah,
0: Jamie, what about you, man? What do you how? What's your reaction to this?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that. You guys are exactly right. It's like I can envision myself trick-or-treating down the street, um, you know, going to high school with those – like when Tommy is carrying his pumpkin around, that's like one of those – one of my favorite things is like him carrying that pumpkin around. It's like, first of all, why are you fucking carrying this pumpkin around all goddamn day long? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. What the hell, Uh, Tommy? You plan to carve this. Yeah, like you're carrying this for six hours. Like, that doesn't fit in a locker. So, where have you been keeping this thing? But also, I don't know. I'm going to say that that
2: Tommy is like an idiot. Like, that's the one thing I don't like about the movie, right? His babysitter is screaming half to death, right? Like, let me in, let me in. And he's like, help me down in a minute. (laughs) Like, (laughs) man, if I heard anyone screaming like Jamie Lee Curtis was, I'd be like, oh, wow, okay, yes, what do you
1: need?
0: <laughs> you know? I'll get the fire axe. What the, what the hell do I do next? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> when you see the way Paul Rudd acts in part six, it makes sense that Tommy's kind of a doof. Someone get you know? me a doctor!
0: <laughs> so, and the other thing about Haddonfield is I feel like the evolution of the environment from film to film, and I think these are two... With the exception of Resurrection, which I really don't like, I love one. I, I love all of them for specific reasons, but I really feel like I love the setting in 4 and 5 because I truly feel like that's, yeah. that's like Ohio, where we live. And I agree. I, the setting is um, very well captured there, though I don't love those films more than 1, 2, or 3 necessarily, but or h2o even however i i do i love the environment
1: i like four quite a bit but i um, love i love four like that opening man, sequence with just like yeah. the mailbox and the, oh my god just like you just hear like the wind blowing god well damn. it's
2: it's one of those things where it's like with those as they went on you know uh it, you put that movie in and you like remember what like October smells like in the Midwest.
1: Exactly, man. Yep. Like the pump, like
2: the. Uh, you know, I have like friends that don't live in the Midwest, or maybe they're just not big into Halloween. But it's like they don't know. Like they don't. I was talking to them about it, and I was like, "Yeah, it makes me think of like the smell of burning pumpkins, right?" Like, and they're like, "What does that smell like?" I'm like, "You don't. You don't know what that smells like." <laughs> like, I feel like most people in the west would be able to answer that where it's like you know the candle and the jack-o'-lantern it has like this distinct earthy smell to it and those are like things that's like especially like in four that like those memories like pop back into your head when you're watching it so it's very visceral you know um
0: i have that in my brain right now as you're describing it man <laughs> i truly it's, do
1: yeah Let's go to the next because I because I feel like Matt's going to really want to talk about this one.
0: Yes. Look, we're going to fast forward one year uh, and we're going to go into 1979
1: to Alien. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T-minus.
0: Ten minutes. Directed by Ridley Scott, written by our buddy Dan O'Bannon, who we talked about uh, on *Return of the Living Dead*, right, James?
1: Yes, sir. And we are heading. It's crazy that he wrote that film and that film. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it really really is. Is. It's he... like what the fuck.
2: He was also involved in like another high-profile movie, though. Um, yeah. And I about, was just, I and now I can't think of it. But I was like, "What, really? <laughs> like him?"
0: What's 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 the name of our ship? Where are we?
2: Well, it's the uh, Nostromo. The Nostromo, yes. The giant tanker in the middle of space. I love how, on science fiction, it looks. If that makes any sense, like up until. Like, I mean, you had Star Wars and that was like pretty flashy, you know, and this they talk about like wanting to make truckers in space. Right. And it's like they I feel (laughs) like they nailed it because it's like, uh, yeah, it's slightly futuristic, but it's grimy. There's like texture everywhere. There's only a few places in the whole ship that seem like you would want to stay in that area like the dinner area that's all white you know the rest of the ship is you know it seems like oil is coming down the sides of the walls you know
1: like super gritty yeah
2: yeah to me it's it all feels uncomfortable like every place whether it's inside the nostromo or on lv426 every place is uncomfortable right like in the ship it's hot it's miserable like every shot you see people sweating you know uh, then you go down to the planet there's basically no atmosphere like a storm is going on that's shooting gravel everywhere and then their only place out of that storm is inside an alien vessel
0: right yeah, like, it's, it's claustrophobic the entire thing is claustrophobic yeah and I think the the next film we're going to talk about ha- has a ton of elements that are similar. And I really, truly feel that that's part of the shtick of this is like the idea of you are in what is referred to as space, right? Where there should right. be nothing but. However, your specific environment is is the antithesis of well, that. You're, yeah completely isolated you're internalized it truly feels like this coronavirus experience that we're all currently in where you're you are you are your environment truly
1: one thing i love about alien is the way that they they open too. like they open like first we're in space and then like they zoom like they let you know right away like this is going to be a claustrophobic experience like they they start right in the ship their, they start yeah, showing you the plans. yeah they show you the the tight tunnels and you know hallways and i don't know i just i love that i love that about it and i think the coronavirus actually really helps like when i i, w- I watched it today and it's like i feel like i can almost relate to you are know, like my kids are those goddamn xenomorphs <laughs> like i don't know where they're going to come from uh, what goddamn hole they're going to pop out of, but they're going to terrify me and, like, piss me off probably. So
0: When Sigourney Weaver's character is like, uh, we can't break quarantine, I can't let you in. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're like, right. They're like, open the goddamn door. And she's like, in her That's demeanor during that whole hey, scene. Let him in. She's if so calm. we break
2: calm. quarantine, we could all die.
0: She's like, uh, yeah, um, I hear what you're saying. However, if you're in my position, uh, you would answer the same way, and I'm not going to let you in but I honestly feel like if my wife goes to the grocery store and then comes back and coughs, I'm like, get out. quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so true. Get in the attic.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, the other things that I love about the, how that movie looks is like the details everywhere. Right. Um, Like in a lot of science fiction movies that have to do with space, there's a lot of flat walls. They might be angular or something, but in every little area that you could possibly look, there's like something that you can look at where it's like, what is that? Like, what is that thing? You know, from like how the tunnels look going from room to room. It's just like there's details everywhere you look, you know, even when they're in the uh, derelict ship.
1: Like oh, in that ship, Jeez yeah. yeah.
2: Man. It's just everywhere. There's so, so much detail in
1: there. Yeah, yeah. And for the time frame when that was made, like, you know, like nowadays when you see it, like in Prometheus, it's like, yeah, naturally. But for 1979, for like that alien ship to be so grandiose and like, oh god, so haunting.
0: I fell into a black hole doing research on this film just because. Again, of the three, this is the one I'd seen the least amount of times. But I didn't realize this, but the Nostromo concept, um, Joseph Conrad, who wrote a lot of post-colonial literature, he had a a book that he wrote, I think, early 1900s uh, called Nostromo. And the main character of this book was really a dominant force who was able to like really win people over and command scenarios and, and ideas. However, he was unable to breach the idea of like classism and obtain control. And I, I really feel like that is the Sigourney Weaver character in this movie. I feel like, uh, there are a lot of parallels there to that. And I, and I, I think, uh, I, I'm not sure the depth of Ridley Scott's intent on that, but it definitely seems like there's a relevancy there.
2: Huh. Um, Ridley Scott's pretty intelligent, and I like how he draws parallels from uh, like history and other literature. I mean, you can see that in Prometheus and Covenant for sure. Um, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me that if that parallel is there for a reason the Gorny weaver's character was also supposed to be a man um so that could have had uh an influence on some of the story if it was cast differently
1: thank god she wasn't yeah
0: one of the top uh survivor girls of all time and she hit the front of the curve all right let's jump into our Let's jump into our last film here, which I really want to spend a, a few a few minutes talking about because I think this is my favorite movie. Maybe of all like time. a
1: collective number one between all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: God. Um, but we're going to to our friend John Carpenter again with The Thing.
1: We're not getting out of here alive. But neither's that thing. My God, what the hell happened here?
0: So directed by John Carpenter, um, screenplay by Bill Lancaster, um, story by John Campbell. I, have have either of you read Who Goes There? Uh, written by John Campbell.
2: No, I haven't. But actually, it's funny that you say that because um, they—I say they—but it's some publishing company um, put together uh, the. Um, who goes there and uh, a manuscript an, another manuscript that had like 50 additional pages and um, they recently released it as like a full book that's more has to do more with what John carpenter envisioned as the movie than what was in the original story um, yeah. and that came out recently, or relatively recently, so I plan on picking that up pretty soon. Oh, but surprisingly, sure. I'm in the middle of a few alien novels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Shocker. That that
0: one's worth reading, for sure. I remember in grad school I read it, because my thesis, I was working on a um, like post-World War II science fiction concept, so that was part of what I worked in with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But it, it's... It's def if you love the movie the way that someone that loves the movie loves it, it's it's worth a read for sure. Uh, what about um, the '50s version, Thing from Another World? I mean, that's not not the same you know, culture of of
2: no, our, it's our not film that we're gonna talk about here. But I um for a long time I didn't even know it was a remake. Um, and because I saw this once again, I saw it at a very young age. And uh, it was before a time where I didn't know movies existed prior, you know, like so um, it was much later. I did watch it and it's like you can see um, it's very rooted to its time for sure. Right. It's rooted to its time. And you can see like what what elements John Carpenter went forward with. But I have to say it's not the same movie no you know the
0: thing is a physical entity in this one it's very it's an outward manifestation that you see the 82 version um that we're going to jump into here is definitely the one to watch if you've if you've not seen any of them and and you care to join so kurt russell wilford brimley uh keith david just to name a few bunch of others um Concept of this movie though is a research team in Antarctica is, is uh, being kind of hunted by a shape, shape shifting like alien of sorts um, that, kind of takes on the appearance of, of of who it's hunting. So, you you don't know if the folks around you are alien or real. And it takes place in Antarctica and this you're in space almost. And it's like you have nothing but space around you, but you're in this environment where you're completely isolated. You're completely alone and you're surrounded by people and you're still alone. So John Carpenter leverages that idea over and over again through all that he does. And he does it so successfully in this film and it's, it's beautifully done.
2: Oh, I love how this movie looks, Uh, especially like, especially when it becomes night and then you see the flares that they use to like walk around to get from like one building to the other. And so you have around everyone, it's like pitch blackness until they light a flare. And then it's like these pink hues. Like, so it's like around them it's white because of the snow. And then as the light from the flare goes out, it like goes from pink to like, blue to blackness, you know, it's very like confining, you know, even when there's light, you're still not safe. And just that color throughout the whole thing of these very dark and saturated blues uh, is something that I really appreciate. And, but then the contrast of like these small colors here and there of like the whites and pinks, you know, it's very interesting um, to see that.
0: Yeah, it's and beautifully filmed. Uh, Dean Cundey, uh did the director of photography on this. And Jamie, I, mean, I feel recently we watched a, a thing with him, in an interview with him, and he was just talking about how hard it was to make the snow in this film look like it had texture uh, rather than it just being like a oh, big yeah. block of white. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many iterations that have come in response to this. There's been that remake, that episode of X Files which I love so much called ice. I mean, the faculty even has,
1: um, the blood testing scene. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You guys have a favorite. Do you guys have a favorite scene from this movie?
2: Oh yeah. I love it. I mean, Uh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, um, the, uh, CPR scene with the chest paddles. You know, uh, oh, yeah, they, yeah we'll that's you. mine. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. Mine, yeah, yeah. And they, they his arms him. go in, and they just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> his it's like chest just opens up. Oh, I love and, that. But dude. then
2: it's like that's not even like where it ends. Like, and then right. they, they that that thing jumps out of his chest, and it's hanging from the ceiling, and everyone's freaking out. And then they blast it with a a flamethrower, right? And then it's like, no, we're not done yet. <laughs> then his head detaches from the body slides down the side of the uh the table, grows crab legs and eye tentacles, and then starts walking away. The old Norris spider. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, you know, the perfect line is, Are you you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Right? Because it's be like what? when you is it be over? Fucking kidding me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: I I think I've bought this movie like five or six times in various capacities they keep
1: releasing like special shit dude in the best it's like how do you not the, yeah
0: the first time i ever bought it i bought it from uh-huh. blockbuster which was going out of business in kent kent state university and the blockbuster there that my sister you know jamie your wife and i would go to yeah. all the time it was one of my last semesters there they were going out of business I rented this movie. I, re- like,
1: I remember this, yeah. Dude, I, I probably rented <laughs> it like
0: 14 times from there. So I'm like $80 into this film and they're selling off their inventory. And I was like, no, I need to have that fucking copy of the thing because I've rented it so many times. So I finished – it was the finals week. I went went to Blockbuster – I bought the movie from Blockbuster. It came in this like weird funky case and I was like, oh, can I get this? And the guy was like, Why are you spending so much why do you care so much? And I spent all this time. I was like, Yeah, can I get the insert? And oh, it's missing this, and like, can I get that? So I spent like, I don't know, it was probably ten bucks on on the DVD. And then when I drove home, there was this like horrifying snowstorm that happened. And, you know, I live forty minutes away from Kent, so I drove home through this like really bad snowstorm, got home to the family. Jamie, you were uh, here at the house with my sister and I remember we watched it that night and it was just like, I I have so many, every time I think of that movie, I think of it in that vein or another similar to that. And I just, I have so many deep, deep tentacles in there.
1: Tentacles, uh. huh? (laughs)
0: i thought i would uh use the alien metaphor
2: (laughs) that's fitting i mean it's it's weird um for me it's always been somehow the first movie that i've bought when a new format comes out so it's like i had it on vhs and then the first dvd i bought was the thing special edition it's like a two disc set that had like Two or three commentary tracks. It had like, uh, like an hour and a half long making of, like all this extra stuff, and then it was like the same thing with the when Blu-ray came out. Like they released a pretty crappy version, like almost immediately after Blu-ray came out, and then the Scream Factory one. I don't know if it's on 4K yet, but I haven't
1: started buying 4K. So <laughs> I, I Arrow, Arrow just released one not too long ago. Also, oh no kidding. Yeah, with different special features. So you have to buy both if you want both special features. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One uh, thing I can never get over is, like, I cannot imagine, like, me thinking all day long, like, can't wait to go play chess against a fucking yeah. Chessmaster 3000. And then I find <laughs> out some goddamn asshole poured his J&B into the, <laughs> the main server. You poured your scotch in <laughs> I had the whole goddamn thing, yeah. Cheat, cheating bitch or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, what the? You just fried this whole machine for everybody because you're pissed off. I love you, Kurt, but come on, buddy.
0: <laughs> this uh, this whole movie though, the idea of isolation in space is so prominent. Uh, even, even the hallways are filled with boxes and feel congested. You know. Right. Um. And all of the rooms just. Have so much stuff in them, and it's weird because it makes those
1: hallways remind me. They remind me so much of like your old your basement in your old house, like your storage room.
0: Oh, I feel like
1: every hallway was that exactly that. Yes, yeah.
0: And you 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 feel like almost comforted and congested at the same time. Just even when they're all outside. And they're around the uh, the flare at the same time. It, that even feels congested because they're standing like uh, shoulder to shoulder discussing, hey, how do we know who has this? Like, what's our next step? Right. Oh, do we need to go do the blood test? No one's alone, but everybody's alone, you know, and it's just right. it's, it's crazy. And it's it's so masterfully and beautifully done uh, every step of the way.
2: Uh, I mean like even when they're outside like you don't see a, a horizon line right like you don't see like where no, the sun no would go land. down yeah you know it's like so anything could be out there you know like it's it's creepy like you're in a on a continent but no one's there you know and the people that were there brought a helicopter with a monster you know, like. Yeah.
0: All right, this has been really fun. So, thank you, Matt. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on here, man. And again, well, if thanks you just, for having. Me. Yeah, just plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Uh, where can they buy your your artwork? And what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Um, the best way to buy my artwork is through my website, which is mpepler dot com. Um, I am most active on uh instagram and facebook at matt pepler for both of them so uh two t's and three p's <laughs> <P-T-T-L-E-R>. <laughs> yeah That's and we'll perfect.
0: have to bring you back on maybe we'll do a, a watch through the thing or something fun like that so thank you so much oh, sure man. oh
2: really? thank you again